0: Thank you, Lee, and the team. It's uh, what a great declaration of the power of Jesus as we uh, come to come around God's Word this morning. And, uh, yeah, it's just good my, to be sharing with you. My name's Robin Carter. For those who don't know, one of the pastors here. Um, I totally missed uh, the Melbourne Cup this week, but I have been watching an American election, wondering which old nag would win. I shouldn't say that probably, but um, we have. looks like it's working out that uh, one person is going to win and one of the things that I'd say is that we pray for peace of that nation and that Christians particularly will realise it's God who ordains leaders not people and for whatever reason you just the people won't polarise and become uh, more and more divided and just pray for peace in that country but it's good to be sharing with you this morning and uh, the uh, title I've given my message is Love's Expanding Circles And I want to begin uh, just by saying that I'm talking about something that, uh, uh, after Dave's uh, great sermon last week on on sex, uh, I've my my message is talking about something that is even more fulfilling than a sexual relationship, and uh, that uh, if we don't have the boundaries Dave is talking about, then that can be problematic. I did embarrass my wife by saying in the first service, and someone told me she went red when I said this, but when we were having coffees and, and, uh, and just going out before we got married and we began to think that maybe we could do life together, I actually felt that I'd be happy to get married even without the side benefits. So, uh, um, and that was true, but I am enjoying, and I'm glad that there are side <laughs> benefits, but... <laughs> I didn't expect that response, but yeah. (laughs) But the point of my message this morning as we look at um, the passage that we've got before us is that sexuality isn't the only way to connect and be together. And the fulfillment of community and connection and friendship and soul friendship uh, and just working together and having fun together is all part of uh, expressing what is the deepest longing of the human heart, and if that connection and friendship is fulfilled, uh, then these other things are secondary uh, in in our relationships. Some couples, um, if they are married, but they are wishing they weren't. They might be enjoying a sexual relationship, or may not be. Um, but their whole sense of an uh, emptiness in their marriage, and there's something far more that is important to every human being, regardless of whether you are married or not. And one of the ways that helps us understand this, and it struck me as quite a surprise, is that sexuality is much more than what we think. And when I looked up the word, the Latin word uh, for sex is "sever," which means to cut off and to make it separate and uh, to completely amputate, sever, and disconnect from the from the whole. And it's that "secare" that is a word you won't prune your roses or your apple trees without uh, thinking about it differently now. this is where the word secateurs come from to be to be cut off and to be completely separate and you cut off the parts of the tree that need to be to be pruned but the whole sense is that when we are born we are coming from the intimacy and every one of us have been in that place of the mother's womb and then we are born and uh, then you are separate from separate from the whole you are separate and the baby longs for connection the mother longs for connection and there's a innate desire that's in us from birth for us to connect in holistic and healthy ways with other human beings and with God himself. And that's how we wake up in the world, with that deep longing that shapes and drives us for some form of connection with other human beings and with God uh, and uh, and to find that to be satisfied is, is one of the most powerful forces at work in the world. One person Um, has written about this said sex is a wide energy and we are healthy sexual beings when we have love community communion family friendships affection creativity joy delight humor self and self transcendence in our lives the whole sense of being fulfilled isn't about just getting married or even being married. There's a sense in the fulfilling of what God uh, created us for with connection with each other, is something that is um, satisfied in relationships and friendships and soulmates and just uh, doing things together in the life of the church and feeling uh, like you you belong and just to uh, there's an image that I've put on the screen there just to give a a sense of the different exp- expressions of reconnection and and intimacy and you notice that marriage is only one of them that you you grow up in a family and it may be a, if it's a healthy family and a Uh, God-honouring family where there's love and grace and mercy and a sense of joy and fun in the family then you'll you'll have a sense of reconnection as you're growing up there's a sense you might find friendship or in the community it might be uh, in the church it might be for some I've heard guys say you'll take me out of here in my coffin Uh, guys in the CFS that's their community that's where they're connected that's where they feel they belong and it satisfies that human longing just to be accepted by other people. Um, You might find a soul friend, someone that you can just trust and share your life and everything with and marriage is just one of those ways and this morning um, we are looking at how we as a church contribute to that human longing and loneliness is one of the things that uh, statistically um, is a big part of the human condition and here in Australia, most Australians, their relationships, Australia research indicate that um, most Australians experience loneliness at some uh, point in their lives. About 10% or 1.8 million Australians aged 15 and over report lacking social support. A quarter of uh, people, uh, Australian Psychology Society research showed that are currently experiencing an episode of loneliness at any point in time. And 50% report that they feel lonely at least one uh, day of the week. And so we all crave. Because of the brokenness and fallenness of the world, we all long for that reconnection and friendship and connection and acceptance that God intended when when he uh, created us. And the reason we crave that is because we are created in the image of a relational God, Father, Son in spirit, in deep and intimate loving communion, serving one another. In uh, mutual submission to one another and uh, and and they and we are created in the image of that relational God, and so as we begin if you like separated from the the from our mother, if you like, and we, be, we grow up just longing for that reconnection with other human beings and with God himself, and so we have that longing because we are created in the image of a, a relational God in Ephesians one 9 to 10, it says, With all wisdom and understanding, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. God's purpose through the church is to reconnect us with himself and to reconnect us with other human beings, to reconnect us with each other and to find intimacy and connection and relationship that is satisfying and fulfilling and meaningful for us in our journey in life. And God tells us three clear things in the passage, and we'll read it now from Hebrews 13, uh, 1 to 3. And this is the uh, final message in the series we've been looking at in Hebrews. where we're looking at uh, just these three verses. Um, It says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And the first way, if we are to be part of... Participating with God in His purpose in Christ to reconnect people with God and reconnect with each other is that we need, first of all, to love God's people. And we all know that not all Christians really do a good job of this sometimes. Churches divide, churches split. People get upset over stupid things. People lose focus on Christ and fight about other lesser things. And so the command and the, the uh, exhortation here in Hebrews is that we uh, to love one another and do this because he first loved us. In 1 John 4 uh, verse 19, it says, we love because God has first loved us. The whole book of Hebrews is about God's love in Christ doing all that is necessary to restore us in relationship with him so that we then are empowered to connect with each other in the way that God intended for us in creation. And our relation, when our relationship and intimacy with God is restored, if it really is restored and God's spirit is within us, then we will begin to long and do the things that will bring about connection with each other in the life of the church and in the wider community. We will love God's people, whoever they are, however different they are to you, however politically different, however theologically different. If they own the lordship of Jesus and know the grace of God, then they are your brother and sister and someone uh, to be loved. In uh, uh, John 4, it says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Pretty strong words. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Pretty strong words that whatever that means, we need to seek to do it. And I'd like to say that in a In the context of this sermon and keeping it really brief, God in Christ showed his love by seeking our good for all of eternity, by coming and living and dying and rising again to cleanse us and bring us back into relationship with God and relationship with each other. And the simplest summary of love is that God was seeking our good, both in this life and the life to come. And so for us to love our brother and sister is seek the good of our brother and sister in the church, to seek the good of our brother and sister in the church up the road, to seek the good of our brother and sister who might have a different theology or a different understanding, to seek their good and to show love and acceptance and grace, have a robust conversation, whatever it may take. But. Do it in love and with grace. Even pastors, when the scriptures exhort us, when we are confronting someone about a sin, it says to do it with humility because you could well be the one who could be needing to be confronted. Do it with humility and grace. There's no self-righteousness judgmental attitude when you're dealing with things that uh, you feel you need to confront people about. And that's just an example to all of us if we are confronting one another. We do it with grace and humility and love in a way that is genuinely seeking uh, their good. In John 4, 1 John 4 it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment In this world, we will be like Jesus. We will seek the good of one another. We will seek the good of those around us. We'll seek the good of our enemies. We'll seek the good of those in the wider world as well. Secondly, if we are to participate in God's purpose to restore connection with himself and with each other, we will show hospitality to strangers. And it says in the reading it in the amplified verse 2 of the passage we're looking at do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, being friendly and cordial and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. The command to be hospitable is the command to open our lives to people in our conversations, our homes, our space. Uh, just sharing our hopes and dreams in appropriate times and ways, being vulnerable and sharing our journey in life and it causes people to feel open and connected and and feel a sense of belonging with you as a person. And that hospitality can be as simple as just waving to someone across the room or just touching someone on the shoulder. I was busy with the tech team this morning getting uh, the graphics organised and we had a few technical difficulties. I just want to do an online uh, affirmation of the guys who do the work behind the scenes to make things happen with all the technology. They persevered and got it, got it happening, so you can see the visuals that I'm using uh, this morning. But while I was doing that, I didn't see who it was. Somebody just tapped me, touched me on the shoulder, turned out to be, um, to be Grant, uh, and uh, he, when I turned around, I saw who it was. But just that someone just sort of acknowledges that you were there. Such a simple thing is an act of hospitality, acknowledging another person. You might just smile. You may not have a conversation. But just show that you acknowledge another human being. God in Christ is wanting to acknowledge and is acknowledging every human being on this planet. And we need to be the vehicle by which he does that. No matter who it is, a fellow believer, someone in the community, someone in the workplace, to show hospitality. It's one of the attributes, attributes of God. Some of the images of the Trinity as a relational community of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Uh, the scripture says God in his very essence is love a personal relational being and we are created in his image and that's why we hunger and long for connection with another human being to be accepted and loved and to be uh, just be able to share our heart and to uh, just to feel that we are valued uh, by another human being. In Matthew 22 uh, it says about Jesus told the story of the wedding feast where it's of God inviting people to come to the banquet table, to celebrate with him, to be in relationship with him. In Matthew 22, 8 to 10, then he said the, the king had been rejected by all the, all the respectable people in the community that he invited. They all were too busy with their business and their homes and their families and whatever, and they didn't respond to his invitation. He was angry, and he said to his servants, "'The wedding banquet is ready, but those who were invited "'did not deserve to come.'" So go to the street corners, invite to the banquet. It says, anyone you find. So so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. There's a challenge for us, isn't it? I know I filter who I let into my life to some degree. You sort of think, oh, just a... At times, you'll sort of hesitate. If it's a total stranger, you you can think of safety, or particularly when I had young kids. um, And those things, uh, where they are appropriate, are appropriate. But in terms of inappropriate ways, we need to embrace the good and the evil. Those that we would find comfortable to be with and those that we find it uncomfortable to be with both in the church and in the community we are called uh, to be um, hospitable uh, to to God's people and also to strangers Lauren Fleming with her ministry in Oak Bank uh, as uh, people from the churches here in Onkabringa Valley uh, has a mentoring program where people from the churches uh, just spend an hour with students who need a bit of support and they just sit with them and the students know that they'll meet with that person every week. They know there's one, one human being on this planet who values them. Some of them may not have been, have, aren't being valued in their family, uh, uh, um, in their home environment or just the shattered home environment that they're a part of, but at least one human being is giving them intentional time and that's hospitality to people. Uh, one way that in a organized way in the local high school that there's a sense of the church reaching out and giving hospitality. Uh, the breakfast clubs. Uh, I know Eddie Kennedy's been involved at Mount Barker post COVID. I'm not sure whether it's reactivated. Uh, Lauren runs one at Oak Bank Area School. All those ways of giving people time, giving people value in this, whether it's a breakfast club where you share a meal with them, There's a sense of hospitality uh, with those uh, outside of the church. And as leaders in the church, it's one of the qualities of a leader is that we are people who are hospitable, not to be the ones who are hospitable, but to be an example to all of us because there's other passages that um, command all people to be hospitable. 1 Peter 4, verse 8 and 9, it says, "'Above all, have a fervent and unfailing love for one another "'because love covers a multitude of sins.'" It overlooks unkindness and unselfishness and unselfishly seeks for the best of others. And then it finishes by saying, be hospitable to one another without complaint. A pretty blunt challenge for all of us. Not out of a guilt, but out of a sense of in God's spirit, in your, as you're at peace with God and the dust has settled in your relationship with God, then you open your doors uh, to others Life groups, a community meal, having people for meetings in the church can give you a chance to just be hospitable in big and small ways. Having coffee with people during the week after church, any time. Just connecting and offering someone who may be alone, just giving them a chance uh, to have another human being. And it says you might even entertain an angel. I've not had that experience that I know of maybe God snuck up on me and never revealed himself maybe I've had an angel or two in my life but if I did I wasn't aware of it and that's part of the point point in the in the scriptures um, you know with Abraham he just saw three men it wasn't some glowing figure with wings that sort of suddenly looked magnificent it was just a some people that, uh, not saying that they weren't angels, it was just that they didn't manifest in ways that were extraordinary other than the miracles they did to show that it was God speaking. Lot, when he, rescued, uh, when he was rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah, was unaware he was entertaining angels who who saved his life and, and got him out of the city before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Gideon, when he was assured of God's presence with him to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites, um, there was i 'll say a man that that 's all he thought it was, but then this miracle happened that showed that God was with him, and he went forward with courage because God had revealed himself and Manoah, the father of Samson, uh, his wife, had had an angel come and say who hadn 't been able to have a child, and um, this angel revealed revealed himself uh, and uh, promised her a child and then and um, Manoah doubted, and um, I guess some parents would probably love to have an angel to ask, but uh, Manoa said, how do I bring up this child? And so the angel explained a few things about how to bring Samson up. Um, but there was all these times where they were unaware until something spectacular happened that they were in the presence of an angel. And finally, as we practice hospitality, as we seek the good of each other in the life of the church, we help uh, participate in God's purposes uh, in in the world to restore connection with each other and with people in the community is that we identify uh, with those who suffer. Hebrews 13 verse 3, remember those who are in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner. And those who are mistreated, since you also are in a body and subject to physical suffering. And those in, uh, in prison, Jesus commanded when he said, love your neighbour as yourself. The idea is you know how you would feel if you were unjustly in prison and someone took the time to visit you. The whole sense of loving your neighbour is to think about how you would want to be treated and how you would feel and responding and doing whatever you can, whatever's within your power uh, to do what is uh, for their good. We have people who go into the prisons uh, from our church, they're involved in the Kairos ministry. Um, there's Rory Sweeney, Lee Cunningham and Tim Barnett. There's been many others involved over the years. And uh, just to give an example of how meaningful it can be uh, for someone to give someone some time and hospitality and attention in a prison. I've just asked Lee to share briefly uh, just what that has meant when what he's observed.
1: Thanks, Lee. Morning, everyone. Um, Through Coros Prison Ministries, we can see firsthand exactly what Robin's talking about, where as people we need community and hospitality can make a massive difference. And you can imagine in prison there are um, many people who have been told, you're not okay... And they are um, serving the consequences of the actions that they've taken. And they've been told, we're going to lock you away. And so that obviously has a lot of repercussions for how someone sees himself. And if we truly believe in rehabilitation, then we really believe that Jesus is a part of, has to be a part of that picture. And so whether it's through something as simple as hospitality. So I've come to the church before and said, can you make homemade biscuits so that we can take him into the prison? and many people have lovingly done that, um, but they don't get to see what it looks like when you put a plate of homemade biscuits in front of a group of prisoners um, who haven't had anything done for them for however long they've been there, and you say, you're not alone. There are people who actually care enough to do this. So that hospitality opens the door for love and truth uh, and genuine rehabilitation and change, and that's rehabilitation that I need in my life and it's just the same for the guys in there so through actually saying we want to form community with you we want to encourage the church in mobelong prison as it is in my my case and through just simple acts of hospitality those that love opens the door for truth to enter have you ever gone up to someone and tried to speak truth without love ask yourself how it went and then think about when that, when that whole, um, what a beautiful thing it is when we as a Christian community love to the point where people are asking us for truth, that what is it about this person that uh, is going on? I want to know more about that and that that invitation to speak the truth in love. Um, and so that's something that is very real and that we see the scriptures coming true before our eyes in prison and it's, a, it's an absolute blessing to be a part of.
0: Thank you, Lee. The power of just... Reaching out to those and identifying with and giving time to those in particular who are in prison, whether they're there for their faith or whether they're there for other reasons. And it does raise the whole question, it just occurred to me as Lee. Um, was sharing that our whole sense of our prison system is to increase isolation when people are doing things that are, are criminal and violent and whatever, that are breaking the law. Um, but in terms of rehabilitating people, we have to ask ourselves, is is increasing um, isolation going to work? I could just launch off uh, um, the Quakers helped design the Port Arthur prison And they thought by giving people a Bible and putting them in a a cell where they had no other communication, they wore hoods when they walked into the chapel, they weren't allowed to acknowledge another person, but then they had to build a mental asylum because people just went crazy, and rightly so. And they thought with God's word, isolation, just the individual, they would change them. But it just drove people mad to be in isolation. If you go there and visit, it's all documented how they used to do it. So we need to uh, think about how we can show grace and love even to those who are suffering for deserved reasons, if you like, in prisons. And also, but then it finishes by saying the last part of the verse, it says, after saying, remember those who are in prisoners, if you were their fellow prisoner, and those who are mistreated since you are also in a body and subject to physical suffering. That whole sense of identifying with those who suffer in any way. Whether it be in a church family, whether it be in the wider community, we hear of floods and um, all sorts of different uh, challenges around the world that uh, um, people are homeless, people are losing their lives. We need to think, what if it was my home that was fl- washed away in a flood. How am I going to respond? What could I do? And usually the best way is to fund organisations, reputable organisations that are working in these areas and you can respond uh, and identify with people who are suffering in some way. Comes back to Jesus' words, to love your neighbour as yourself. Imagine you're in prison that you are persecuted, that you are a sex slave, that you are in poverty, that you can't afford to feed your kids and then think, well, how would I feel if I was that person and respond? In the Old Testament, in Leviticus 19, the whole idea of command to be holy has to do with treating other people with justice and mercy. We've spoken up this morning about justice for the unborn child that something would be done uh, to help protect a child up to birth and prior to that, when uh, that we would be a voice for those who have no voice. It's taking a bit longer than I thought, but we're slowly beginning to draw together. Um, As a church, we want to speak up um, for justice for those who are in poverty. Um, Jared and Jess will be helping us over the Christmas season to to fund people out of poverty through tear gifts we want to advocate and speak up for those in those areas we want to, in, who are suffering in that way. We want to speak up uh, for the refugee who is fleeing for their life from a country where they probably supported us when we were at war and they're fleeing for their lives and we need to speak up for refugees when they come to our country. We need to speak up uh, for those affected by climate change that there would be justice for them as well. And whatever areas it is, wherever it is that people are suffering, We need to speak a voice because God is a voice of justice. If his spirit is within us, we will want to speak up about what we can do and what can be done to seek the good of those in other countries, to seek the good of those in our community. And so I finish this morning by just reminding us that uh, there's an expanding circle of love that God is speaking to us about, um, and the graphic is up there. As we come to know the living God, if we really know God, we'll not only love fellow Christians, whoever they are, however different their views may be from us, We'll also love strangers and reach out to them and we'll also uh, love those uh, who are suffering in any way and uh, we need to allow God to speak to our hearts and to shape our hearts about how we can respond to show love uh, in all those areas. And then finally, with that happening in the life of the church, then there are circles of love where in the church community we can maybe find a soul friend We can find mateship. We can find uh, just a sense of belonging in a team and helping and and being part... Uh, of some uh, group of people that you feel some degree of connection, there'll be different depths of connection in different groups and i 've just got a few there there 's life groups we 're exploring the possibility of having well it 's already happening some community meals monthly every six weeks in some areas, having one at summertown you know we 've had one already in that area, Piccadilly basket range there 's one at NAN recently looking at one at Strathalban where people can just get together and connect and share a meal. Uh, when we gather for worship, we share and greet one another and focus on God and in the common ground before the cross, which we brought forward during the service. We're all equal before God and we are equal in the way we see each other. And so in gathered worship, we can find a connection particularly with God in the joy of worship, but also as we gather, we get to know and we can find a stranger to meet and to love and give hospitality to. But another way of connecting is serving in some area. I couldn't list all the different areas. There's a worship team, there's a children's ministry, there's young adults, there's youth ministry, there's the life group leaders, uh, there's all the ministries associated with each of those areas and as we serve we find connection and community and so we're encouraged in this passage this morning to do what we can and take the opportunities it may not happen straight away you might just be serving and you may not feel uh, a great sense of connection initially but it's as you uh, just persevere and Those kind of connections are like a butterfly that lands on a gardener's shoulder. It's not something you can force, but as you're obeying God and doing what he's called you to, then the beauty of what God wants to give you can manifest itself. We're coming now to a time of communion as we share together. And Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. The exhortation that if we know God, then to begin to express the kind of love we experience from him to those around us. The whole of uh, the... Uh, the whole series we've been doing in Hebrews reminds us that Jesus is our high priest. He's dealt with our sin. He knows our pain. In his love, he identifies with our struggles. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who is in every way being tempted uh, as we are, yet without sin. He's been tempted sexually. He's been tempted uh, in greed. He would have been tempted in every way uh, um, that we get tempted. And yet without sin, he didn't do the things that may have been put before him as options that he could have taken. Jesus experienced poverty, exhaustion, betrayal, grief and sorrow, suffering, feeling on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's experienced that whole sense of feeling at times and I share at times with uh, Christian people who just feel that God just doesn't exist anymore. That's how they're feeling and yet Jesus himself can identify with that. So as we come to communion, let's remember we are to love one another, we are to love strangers, we are to love those who are suffering and as we come to receive the bread and cup... I've asked a couple of people to come and to give thanks for the bread. Uh, I'm not sure whether Glenn or Helen are going to come and give thanks uh, for the bread. And I've asked Hannah if she will give thanks uh, for the cup and then uh, we'll have opportunities to come quietly and to share the bread and cup. So um, if uh, Helen, if you would like uh, to give thanks um, for the bread, that would be great. God thank you that through Jesus through and this bread that represents your broken his broken body we can come to you we come to the cross we leave our past behind us and it protects us from that past and so now we move forward with you um, leading on to our new and promised land may we walk gracefully in love with all those around us Amen
1: yeah, dear father we thank you for the cup and that it represents um, how you sent your son to shed his blood for us um, Lord he was such a willing sacrifice and we thank you for your great love um, I don't think we'll ever fully understand it oh Lord but we just thank you for the gift of forgiveness and mercy and hope that we have in Jesus and his blood Lord and we yeah we love you so much Lord in Jesus name amen
0: Thank you. So I invite you just uh, to come as you feel ready. Just remember the love of God because the power of God's love not only cleanses us from all sin and our failings, but also transforms our lives as we live in the grace and love of God. So just come as you feel ready. There's gluten-free at the back for those who need to use that. Um, just some small bits there. And if you like to come to the front, if you don't need that, Just come as you feel ready and remember the love of God because that's where it all starts.
1: You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.